Welcome to Health Raisers. Health Raisers don't just survive, together we thrive. I'm your host, Dr. Nadine. Today, I would love to welcome Dr. Angel Shannon into my living room, into my virtual space where I am just so honored and touched that you would take your time to come spend this with me and my audience because I just feel like you are an amazingly aligned human mm-hmm. to the vision that I see for health. My audience doesn't know that you and I got to meet each other from Mm -hmm. a wonderful mutual colleague, Scott Perry. Shout out, Scott. Shout out, Scott. (laughs) And our conversation was so natural and easy the first time that we basically had to tell each other, okay, okay, it's over an hour and all right, it's, we can talk again. This is not the end. So I really appreciate yeah. that. And I just love that you are a person who stands for taking the stress out of health, being really practical, down to earth. Thank you. It's, um, you're also someone who's like me about evolution too. Health yes. is not a prescribed stale, one yes. and done kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And what I really loved is is the vibe that we were able mm-hmm. to share about how there were a lot of mm-hmms, you know, with <laughs> as a woman is her body is changing. Mm-hmm. That means your the idea of what it means to be healthy changes with that. And and yes. it doesn't have to be a fight. We yes. don't have to use our bodies and our lives as battlefields. Exactly. So much. All of that. First and foremost, I am so deeply honored. I want your audience to know that I think we both have really been looking forward to this conversation today. I looked at my calendar. I'm so happy, first and foremost, to have even met you through Scott. I think that all at the precise divine time that they should happen. Mm. And so meeting you this year to me is just an extension of the energy that I put out and the intention that I really want to be aligned with people like yourself, professionals like yourself, who really do have this bigger vision about what it means to be healthy and how that intersects with that word wellness. Where is the Twitter, where's the intersection? Because I do believe health and wellness are two different things. And so the ability to have this conversation today and just be in your living room is such a deep honor and pleasure for me. It really, really is. And as you said, we spoke for so long. We just we just journeyed together that day for a full hour, you know, and it was like, I don't want to get off the phone because I truly, truly feel like we have so much synergy. So thank you so much for the honor and privilege to have this conversation with you today. Well, you said something already that had me intrigued. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is the difference between health and wellness? You know, it's interesting, and I think it depends on where in the world you are. We know here in the West, when we think about health, we think about all of those things that can be quantitatively measured. 
right? When we think about the healthcare industry, we think about screenings and blood pressures and all of the things that someone in some office somewhere gets to decide is, you know, the state of being free of disease, right? Mm. But when we think about wellness, we think about the way in which we integrate those practices that pertain to physical health. And we expand upon that to include spirituality, to include the environment, to include relationships, Mm -hmm. to include finances. We know that one of the number one reasons for personal bankruptcy is medical bills. Stress over how much money we are making or not making or saving for retirement. When have you ever had a doctor's appointment and gone in and someone says, what is stressing you out? What is making your blood pressure so high? What is Mm. making you unable to sleep at night? Do you ever get the opportunity to even have that conversation? Or does it just mean that quantitatively your blood pressure is too high? There's a set of guidelines that says I should put you on this Mm. blood pressure pill and I will see you in three weeks to see if it's working. There are parts of the world in which health is certainly more than the absence of disease. I'm thinking about the Alma-Ata, you know, the declaration years ago in which we thought about what primary care really should look about, look, look like, what primary care should be about. And the inclusion of all of these other social determinants of health, all of these other parts of the wellness wheel into healthcare so that we have a broader definition of health. And I make the argument that health is a true health is a state of homeostasis, not balance, because you're never going to get these things equal. Equal means that these things all have equal share that are balanced. You know, 50 over here, 50 over there. Mm. To me, it's a homeostasis. And it's something that you mentioned in the beginning is it's dynamic, it's fluid, it's flowing. It takes into account where you are in your life, what stage of life that you're in. Because we know that what what healthy is at 16 is not the same as what it is at 45 and 50. And even beyond that, per individual, it differs. Exactly. Per individual, there's so many different things that I lean toward more of a qualitative definition is how one finds the state of homeostasis and harmony and balance into some degree in their life such that there is a state of well-being in in all of these different areas where it be finances relationships you know my spirituality that all of those things come into the picture such that we feel that they are woven and that we are navigating through this experience of life in a way that feels meaningful and purposeful. Now, of course, we know that there is the disease state, but I make the argument that you can still be healthy and have disease at the same time. 100%. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. that that's a rabbit hole. We can definitely go very far down. Um, mm-hmm. My daughter and I have talked about the idea of what is normal even yeah, and how ability versus disability, what's really normal, what's mm-hmm. really 
abnormal. You know, these mm-hmm. are semantics, but yes. it, it's she's definitely opened my mind to expanding that idea even of what is health, what is mm-hmm. disease, what mm-hmm. is wellness, what does um, being unwell mean? Mm-hmm. So what is the subtlety you see with wellness? The subtlety I see, you mean in practice or in general? In practice. Okay. You know, what's interesting to me is that I don't see much discussion or inclusion of wellness as a Mm. practice, as a day-to-day, you know, what are the things that you are doing? Let me say this. The wellness industry here in the West is more about doing than it is about feeling. It's more about, um, you know, what are you doing every single day, whether it be yoga, tai chi, uh, art, music, therapy, what have you, um, and deriving a long list of things to do as opposed to taking the road of self-compassion, mindfulness to define what experience a person is gaining from those practices. So there's a lot of doing that qualifies Mm. as wellness, wellness practice and wellness Mm. doing. But I lean toward the discussion of wellness as an experience, Mm. as a feeling. Mm -hmm. So because if not, what happens is we become prescriptive. We do the same thing that we do in healthcare, is which we just keep chasing more doing. Here's a pill. Here's a supplement. Here's an herb. Here's another meditation class. Here's another yoga class. We're just prescribing more things to do without ever taking that step back to analyze what the experience is. So what I'm hearing you saying in both your description of what it means to be healthy and what it means to be well is that we are neglecting being a human the human experience and realizing that those practices, those measures are simply tools. They are not who we are. They give us information. So that so it's better almost to take the judgment out of, let's say my cholesterol is this, is elevated. But if you only look at cholesterol, then you're not looking at the whole picture, the bigger picture, the human being, you just can't look at numbers. And this is something that I was also thinking about uh, this week before I talked to you. This idea that we have, and this is perfect, actually, this idea that we have in the West where we break down data into pieces So micronutrients, macronutrients, you know, this food group or a diet versus a lifestyle, this exercise regimen versus, as you say, doing something that may not seem like exactly exercise, but you are moving your body and it brings you joy and it is getting your, it is good for your heart. So what you and I, I find very aligned about is whole picture versus little data points and little data points are information to address the whole picture and those data points change so then we make adjustments for the whole picture to be well and to be the healthiest we can be exactly 
if we were to look at nature, which I think is the biggest, best, most reliable teacher on the planet, nature is constantly adjusting, adapting. Mm -hmm. There are seasons, there Mm -hmm. are temperatures. Mm. So the temperature goes up, which allows certain things to grow and flourish. We don't live in winter all the time because without, you know, if we lived in winter all the time, we'd have no food, right? Temperature rises. There are data points that we can collect to determine when it is right time to put the seeds out, when is right time to plant this thing versus that thing. Those data points matter. But data is only useful to the extent that you're going to do something with it and about it to make some sort of adjustment or change or make a plan or what have you. So we could get all caught up in, you know, beyond the temperature, the moisture and the this and that and the other. But at the end of the day, it comes down to whether or not you're going to take that seed, put it in some fertile soil, water it, allow it to get enough sunlight And then from there, wait for the harvest, protect the harvest, use whatever organic materials you need to keep pests off of it and whatnot. I look at that the same way as how I govern my own life and my practice with my patients and my clients. Let's look at data points that matter. Let's not major in the minors. Mm. Let's not get caught up in data that does not allow us to make an informed decision. Mm, Now Angela's preaching. Okay. Okay. (laughs) And then from there, let's make the adjustments that matter. For me, sleep is something that matters. If you are not sleeping well, we don't need to talk about that A1C right now because it's a waste of time for us to worry Mm. about that A1C. We need to make sure that you are sleeping because you need to understand what happens in your body when you do not sleep well and how that's going to impact that data. So I say that it's not either or, it's and. Let's see how these pieces come together. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And let's move forward with making some targeted decisions. You know, Mm -hmm. it frustrated me to no end in clinical practice when we just chased, you know, in other clinical practice, chasing numbers, doing Mm -hmm. blood work every two months, every three months, and never addressing the root cause you know you'd never try to grow tomatoes and just be out there you know buying all this stuff without looking to see let me check the soil let me see the roots is it even firmly you know there are so many other things so to your question about data points and things like that i absolutely agree that all of those data points You know, they figure into things. They're like stars in the sky. Mm -hmm. Look up at night, there are a million stars in the sky. But which ones come together to really form the Big Dipper? They don't all form the Big Dipper. Okay, Mm -hmm. so here's something that came to mind when -hmm. you were talking about nature. I happen to live in a little town where my house is surrounded by woods. Mm -hmm. So I do have the ability and I would say the privilege to Mm -hmm. watch the changes of seasons truly but when i go to the grocery store it's very removed from that Mm -hmm. you get what they call tomatoes all year round Mm -hmm. but you don't really get tomatoes until the summer right time so that those 
orbs, those red orbs that don't have any taste, like plastic balls that we're getting the rest of the year that have come from different countries on a truck mm-hmm. and a plane. I guess what I'm, my point that I'm getting to is that we are removed from that observation of patience and change mm-hmm. and what is right now and what takes a step back right now. And yes. I'm drawing this metaphor, especially for women, our bodies. Oh, yes. We don't honor the fact that I have a 21-year, uh, 21-year-old and a 24-year-old daughter, both of them my daughters. Mm-hmm. I can't possibly compare my physique to theirs. No. I can't compare what they're doing to stay healthy to mm-hmm. what I'm doing to stay healthy. I'll get very granular. The amount of exercise. So say we were to do the same aerobic thing together. Mm-hmm. Well, my daughter Maddie, my daughter Lizzie might be able to jump many, many yes. times and jump yes. real high. Yes. But right now, in my 50-year-old body, mm-hmm. one of my knees, which has a little tendonitis in it, says, yeah. or sorry, bursitis, is saying, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. jumping is a, not a great idea right now. So exactly. modify. But that, does that mean that what I'm doing for the body that I have right now mm-hmm. is any less impactful? Or should I be ashamed? Mm-hmm. Or actually, should I be shooting mm-hmm. my exercise compared to my daughter's? What about for me? What about the fact that I am very active taking care of my home? I am going up and down stairs. I'm vacuuming. Mm -hmm. I'm taking the garbage out. I'm shoveling snow. Mm -hmm. Those that's natural activity. Mm -hmm. That's more appropriate for my body right now. That may not look like what my young daughters need right Mm now. Mm -hmm. They can what their health and wellness looks like is not the same thing as mine. Not simply because of the age difference, also because of our who we are individually. Even yes. Maddie and Lizzie yes. don't exercise the same way. Yes. Okay, so you got to do what's right for you. And I, I want to talk about taking the stress and the judgment out mm-hmm. of what should I look like? Mm-hmm. What should I feel like? Mm-hmm. Should I be getting external validation? Mm-hmm. Should I be chasing numbers? I want exactly. to hear more about that from you. Exactly. 100% to everything you just said. You know, when you and I talked um, a couple of weeks ago, I shared with you that I am a student in martial arts. I've been studying Tianxin uh, Pai, um, Tai Chi, and Qigong for probably about six or seven years now. Today, we had a promotion ceremony where you have worked on a certain amount of form, you practice and you pass an evaluation, and then we all get, you know, belt levels moved up and whatnot. I've been practicing this for the last eight weeks, looking forward to demonstrating my form. And of course, two days ago, had a spasm in a muscle that I said, oh boy, time for a little bath salt, magnesium, some more stretching and whatnot. Get to class today, have to honor my body, have to honor this body that says, I don't think that's a good idea for you to get up on one leg, try to do a kick, what have you. Does that mean that in this moment, I am unhealthy? 
Absolutely not. To your point, Mm -hmm. to your point about your own knee pain or hip pain or what have you, it's an isolated moment in time in the grand scheme of things. And the degree to which we can honor that this is just one moment that I'm not able to do something. This does not define the totality of my health. What it really defines and what this moment is, is that angel, maybe it's okay to take a rest as you you mentioned. Maybe it's okay that you're not going to do the form today. You've done it for the past eight weeks. And Mm -hmm. maybe today your exercise will be just sitting out, you know, walking around the garden or what have you, like you, my home backs to uh, woods. So maybe it's just a walk for today. You know, being fluid in our mindset and not being so rigid that if I don't get 5,000 steps a day, the way it says on my Fitbit, or if I don't push and push and push, that to me is really where the magic is at this age and stage in life, is knowing your body well enough to know what you can do and can't do in any particular time. You know, it, 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 it's really little, literally just about honoring every moment, every moment as a sacred experience. I'm grateful that I can get out of bed, get in the car, drive to this event, be part of the event, and I can be part of this event in my own way right now, mm. I don't necessarily, this, the ability to do the form with everyone else does not define who I am as a student or mm. my progress or what have you. Mm. And I think that that is something that women in general mm. and, and women, you know, at a younger age, especially, if, if I can say that to younger women, that you will create a life for yourself that is so beautiful and so dynamic, if you can get that one mindset shift down at a younger age, it will it will free up these years so much to, to your point about comparing and shape and shooting ourselves and looking at, you know, I love technology so much. It has allowed us to do amazing things. But one of the downfalls right now is the degree to which we are living other people's experiences mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. single day vis-a-vis Instagram or Twitter or whatever, and judging ourselves but through other people's lenses and experiences. And that to me is just the tragedy. You know, it's the real tragedy because we're never like looking at our own experience, living our lives through our own experience. I love your example about the martial arts because although I don't practice um, anymore, I am a black belt in Taekwondo. And one of the things that really stood out for me while I was a student of Taekwondo, and I still am, mm-hmm. spiritually, you can't take that away from me. I, I, should, I actually could just call myself saying just and making excuses, but mm-hmm. say in the moment, like, oh, no, yeah. no, 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 I'm a martial artist. I you am. always will be. Yeah. Always, always. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I remember times when I was in practice, whether it was a class or I was there for extra credit, just kind of working on things. I was doing comparing. Yeah. I was in my late 30s and I was one of the only women in there. Mm -hmm. It was a Mm -hmm. lot of teenagers, a lot of men. Mm -hmm. And 
the um, our leader really liked the more dynamic aspects, the mm-hmm. speed, mm-hmm. the the sparring. That mm-hmm. never appealed to me. That's not why I was there. Exactly. I really loved, you just talked about forms. I loved the forms. Mm-hmm. They felt very, they required presence. Yes. They required muscle and mind memory working together because it's a coordinated, for people who don't know, it's a coordinated set of blocks, punches, kicks for Taekwondo. Yes. Um, and they have different meanings too. The different mm-hmm. forms have different meanings, yes. different interpretations. Mm-hmm. Some are fire, some are water. Mm-hmm. And I loved my forms. I just, I loved the flow from movement to movement. I loved coordinating my breathing. I yes. loved trying to do them in different directions, mm-hmm. trying to do them at different speeds. So I was never, every time it was time for sparring, I was just like, oh, you know, not I'm not here again. to fight. This is not <laughs> This is not my thing. Yeah. I'm not here because I think I'm going to be the next feminine version of Bruce Lee. Exactly. I mean, you know, <laughs> exactly. he's taken. I don't need to be able to, to do this. But what can I learn very practically? I'd also like self-defense. I like yes. learning those types of those types of blocks. And if I were ever in trouble, could could I have the confidence exactly. to feel like I could do something to, yes. to protect myself? Yes. So those very practical and very mindful and very, to me, what felt like very spiritual aspects mm-hmm. of the practice of what drew me. But that's not to say... I, I, it was kind of a disservice to compare myself to the teenagers who were yes. kicking higher than me and punching mm-hmm. faster. They were in Taekwondo as they needed to be. Yes. They were mm-hmm. taking Taekwondo in the bodies, in the minds, and the unique mm-hmm. human experience mm-hmm. they needed to have. For and totally I was doing different reasons. In my, yeah. Exactly. And I was doing mm-hmm. it my way. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder why, why this message is not, well... I know that you and I are very passionate mm-hmm. about spreading this message, mm-hmm. but it's so much easier and tempting and tantalizing to go after the the mm-hmm. glam and mm-hmm. the glitz. And mm-hmm. I should still want to have a body and a face that looks mm-hmm. like it did 20 mm-hmm. years ago. I'm going to fight the aging process. You know, it's not looked at as a gorgeous evolution. You can't mm-hmm. have both. You can't have the physique of the youth, the physical of the youth, and the wisdom and the experience, the patience, yes, the time, everything yes. that you cultivate, you can't have both. You can't. And the thing about it is, you know, if we go back to just nature again, the seasons, when we learn to enjoy, embrace, honor, learn from, engage with nature in all four of its beautiful seasons in its own way. The things that you are doing in summer, you are not doing in winter. Mm-hmm. The things that you are doing in winter, you are not doing in spring. You know, knowing that spring follows, right? Even in our own lives, our hardest and darkest days are followed by growth and renewal if we allow them to be right? And that growth and renewal allows us to reap a harvest in fall because we stay attuned to what's Mm. happening in spring. Mm. And I think that, you know, one of the things that came to me this year, 
is I've never been a person who exercises outdoors in the winter. By that, I mean walking and running and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I decided in my 50s to become a runner. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So it's like, why have I always been so afraid of running? Mm -hmm. Well, because I've seen enough busted knees and hip replacements and whatnot in the Mm -hmm. 50s. Doesn't look good. So I was adopting other people's realities, taking their realities as my own reality. Well, who's to say why they had knee replacements and hip replacements? Maybe they didn't have the right gear or whatever. So I don't like to take on other people's reality as my reality, right? So I, I, two things I became in my 50s, a swimmer and a runner. And so I was running in the, at the start of the pandemic because what else was there to do? You know, everybody's on lockdown. So I started training to be a runner, got the right running shoes, found a, a, a near the high school that's near my house, the track and started running. And I said, I just want to do this, do this, do this because come the winter, I won't be able to do this. Well, look at that mindset. Who's to say you cannot run in the winter? Well, because it's too cold. But who's to say you cannot get the proper gear to be able... Now, I'm not talking about running in zero-degree weather, but why am I missing out on the joy of winter just because it's winter? So I challenged myself to go to Dick's Sporting Goods, get you know layers and all this other stuff, And in February, I did something that I've never done before. It was 18 degrees. Got my gear on, geared up, put my sneakers on. Had the most fantastic experience running in February in a way that I would have never done before. So I say all of that to say that we rob ourselves of the opportunity to define and redefine what health looks like, what it can feel like, as you said, because we want a picture of aging that matches that picture of youth. And I Mm. think that is a true disservice. It really is a huge disservice. Mm -hmm. Such a disservice because Mm -hmm. truth be told, I am more active now in my 50s than I was in my 20s by way of the fact that I had two young children. Mm -hmm. I would have never been out on a track at 7.30 in the morning because I was in traffic trying to get my kids dropped off at school. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. after that, I was back on the highway getting downtown. I'm getting more steps now in this age than I've ever gotten because my life was just one thing after another, as it is when you are a parent, Mm -hmm. you know. You get up in the morning, you get in gigs and rally them up, get in the car, let's go. We got to be in the line by 8.45 or whatever the time is. From there, I've got to get to work. From work, I've got to get back home because dinner Mm -hmm. needs to be made. I mean, you know, all of these things. Meanwhile, we get to this stage in life where you don't have anyone to drop off anymore. I mean, I don't, you know. You have more possibility. No, you don't look the same, but you have the opportunity to explore your health and well-being in ways that you have not had at all at other stages in life. Absolutely. I've heard so much magic in what you just said. You've shifted the lens for me. I almost think of it as a diamond and I'm looking at it from different sides. 
the the idea of mindfulness. It brings it takes me back to what you said in the beginning. And instead of a practice being mindful, so could we look at that diamond of mindfulness and turn it around and think of it as a an awareness or yes. a an ability to look at to know who you are and to know what you need, um, to be able to make the best choices for yourself, to be able to discern, not judge, but to discern what do I need right now? What does today look like for me? And not from an mindfulness is not only about sitting and watching your breath. Yes. It, that is a practice to be able to open up your mind to actually notice. To me, it's I've started to, to think of mindfulness as true self-care. Yes. Not simply, I'm going to go take a bath. Yes. And light some candles. Those yes. are lovely. Yes. I took a lovely bath this morning myself. <laughs> that's not the only way. Yes. <laughs> that's not the only portal or the only tool to self-care. Self-care looks like what you said. Self-care looks like Angel has a growth mindset. Mm-hmm. Angel is a curious being. Yes. And so why, you ask yourself, why am I holding myself back yes. from winter? Could Is there a way for me to enjoy? Could I reframe my narrative? Is it true that if I run that I am definitely going to hurt myself. Exactly. What if I were to try? What if I were to adapt? Exactly. Um, and exactly. I take it you didn't just get gear and run a, a, a marathon right away. Exactly. <laughs> it's just a walk. It's. It, I mean, if you wanted to even do it in your backyard, I wouldn't even go in the backyard in winter. Well, when I had my dog, we would walk around the perimeter and through the, the woods there. But why am I missing out on this whole season. Imagine December, January, February, and March, four mm-hmm. months mm-hmm. worth of not experiencing this season of my life mm. in nature, mm. this opportunity to co-create a wellness experience with nature, mm-hmm. all because of a mindset that it's too cold. Well, cold is what happens when you're not properly warmed, right? Mm-hmm. So how mm-hmm. about you get yourself some decent gear and change that part of it so that you can experience what the planet looks like in nature, in you know, in winter, what you look like in winter as you co-create this, this experience of health and well-being. And I realized, wow, it's actually nice to run in the winter as opposed to the summer when it's so humid and hot. So now I've got a different experience. And I want to tag something that you just said about mindfulness and the distinctions between mindfulness and self-compassion practice, because I think that too demands um, you know, some, some conversation. Mindfulness to me, as you mentioned, is the awareness of where I am relative to space and time. Mm-hmm. Awareness, what's happening around me, what's going on in this space, in this time. 
That's what the question of mindfulness is and how we get there through breathing, through, as you said, maybe a tub bath that quiets the mind down enough so that you are aware. Because you, your ability to be aware of certain things when music is playing is different from when you're just sitting and breathing, right? Yeah. So when yeah. you're just sitting and breathing, you are it's quiet. It's, it's, you're still, right? So you can become aware. So the, the portal, as you, I love how you use that term, the portal to mindfulness, one of those portals is breathing practices and things like this, right? But for me, self-compassion practice is the question, what do I need in this space and in this time? Do I need to not feel judged Do I need to feel loved? Do I need to have some space? You know, do I need some boundaries today? You know, I've I've had a really busy week. Do I Mm -hmm. need to just, you know, turn my phone off, send some messages to my family that, listen, if you don't get a hold of me this weekend, know that I am alive and I am well, but I'm I'm really just needing to calm down my Mm -hmm. nervous system this week Mm -hmm. because I've Mm -hmm. I've been triggered in some, some ways that probably aren't helpful for me. That to me is the heart of self-compassion practice. It is holding ourselves, you know, I don't know if you've read Pema Children, but holding that tender heart in the cradle of loving kindness, Mm -hmm. in the cradle of loving kindness, Mm -hmm. what do I need for myself? And how do I extend that out into the rest of my world, my ecosystem, into the planet How do I do that for myself so that it becomes a natural extension out into the world? Because I make the argument, you cannot do for others what you are not doing for yourself. You Mm -hmm. just can't. Mm -hmm. So all this Mm -hmm. talk about meditation and all this, all of these are portals. But at the end of the day, underneath all of it comes some self-compassion practice that once those roots are firmly planted, they just extend out into the earth and into the rest of the world. It's such a beautiful thing. It really, truly is. Also, what I'm hearing is it ties in very well to this idea I wanted to uh, tell you that um, I thought about last night. Standing up for yourself, being active, setting boundaries, That those are practices of self-compassion. Those are ways yes. you show yourself self, your self-compassion as well. Being able to say no. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Knowing when something is too much, knowing when something is too little, mm-hmm. knowing when something is unacceptable and being able to advocate for yourself. So I thought about this last night. I said to myself, you know what? I don't want to get old. Mm-hmm. I want to grow old. Yes. Such a dis. Distinction. Put it back in nature. The little tree that you plant when your kids are little, you buy that house. This is our brand new home. Hey guys, why don't we plant a little oak tree? And in the beginning, it's just this little thing that the kids go out and water and they put a little soil, a little whatever. And then it gets bigger. The next thing you know, you take a picture under this tree when you're son is a boy scout or your girls are girl scouts and oh look the tree got bigger then it gets a little bit bigger and next thing you know you take a picture when the kids graduate and they go off to college and you literally see this tree getting bigger and bigger and it being tied 
to different experiences. And before you know it, it's just this grand, big thing that has extended out so many different branches because mm-hmm. it's not just that little twig anymore. And that, to me, Nadine, you just hit it on the head. I'm going to save this forever. Mm-hmm. I want to grow old. Just like those oak trees where they have so many extensions. Yes. So you've got, the, you've got the part of Nadine who is a martial artist. And then there's this part of Nadine, that other branch of your life that is a mother and a wife and a daughter and a sister. And then there are these branches where there's Nadine, the writer and the artist and the musician. And before you know it, you've got all of these different branches that literally are attached to the core Mm. trunk of who you are. Mm. That to me is the definition of health. Because if you go to try to knock down that oak tree, it's not gonna happen. (laughs) (laughs) Because you've got all of these different branches of this tree. And guess what? In the winter, there are no leaves on that tree. It's as bare as bare can be. But what's happening? All the nutrients are inside. The roots are nice and firm. And it's still growing. The tree is still growing, even in the middle of winter. Because the the chlorophyll and all the you know the nutrients are mm-hmm. deep inside that trunk, mm-hmm. and then come spring it starts to blossom again, leaves come back in. That to me is the essence of health and well being, all wrapped in together. And I'm gonna say trees are not alone; they form there in community. They have yes. underground, their roots communicate with each other. They give yes. each other when one is sick. The others help by transferring nutrients to the sick tree who needs help. They yep. are in community together. Exactly. Just like you and I are in community. I'm just going to say, I know this conversation is rich. I really hope people have taken away the mm-hmm. core notion of what we're trying to say is mm-hmm. Be good to yourself. Be kind to yourself. Yes. Don't compare. Learn who you are. Be curious. Mm-hmm. Be willing to change. Be willing mm-hmm. to shift. It's yes. okay so that you can show up the way you want to show up actively yes. in your life. Yes. So I thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so you much are for today. You're so welcome. You are so welcome. It is an honor, a privilege. And if I can underscore community is so important. Whatever that community looks like for you, whether it be home in your neighborhood, whether it be virtual, there are nearly 8 billion people on the planet. Find your place in this world. And not just with like minds, but with people who have had different experiences because it will level up your health. You want to talk about taking the stress out of health Let me tell you, six degrees of separation, find people who don't look like you, who Mm have not had the same experiences as you, because what it will do is it will force feed your roots. It Mm -hmm. will extend your knowledge about other healthcare practices, other ways of looking at health outside of the Western model. You know, and you and I, Nadine, have talked about some of the, the... concepts of the Eastern traditions of health and well-being, but there are so many other traditions on the planet that also really, really, really help to broaden the perspective and integrate other practices 
to create health and well-being. So find your community, find your tribe on this planet. There are 8 billion people out there just waiting for you to, you know, be part of their lives and you part of theirs. And it's a big world, mentally, physically, spiritually, socially, all of that. So make all of that part of your definition of health and well-being. And as Nadine said, be good to yourself. Be really, really, really good to yourself. Yeah. Angel, so that people (laughs) can be part of our community, Mm -hmm. I will definitely add in the show notes how to find you. Get fit and functional for life. (laughs) And MPK Health Integration. Yes. 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 And we're going to be doing some great things together. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for the invitation, Nadine. Hey, thanks for being here. It really means a lot to me. One of my higher purposes in life is to help women thrive, not just survive. Here's a testimonial about my work from a trusted and respected colleague, author, coach, Bernadette Jiwa. In a world that is constantly telling us who we should be, it's very hard to show up as yourself and you're helping people to do that every day. If you want to work with me, if you don't want to just settle, contact me at nphealthintegration.com. Let's connect. <laughs>